if you remember, for about four or five weeks now, we have been looking at something that I think is very precious and is important. I, I actually thank God for those topics and things, themes that we, dis, we talk about in this church. And thank God also that you can listen to them on the podcast, podcast because you, they, they are immense material that will help you to grow as a child of God. And it's a very appropriate time that we're talking about the seven last words of Jesus Christ on the cross. We've looked into what we term a word of forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And then a month ago, we look at a word of salvation. It says, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. And then we look at a word of relationship. Woman, here is your son. Here is your mother. And last Sunday, I believe, I wasn't here, we had on a word of abandonment. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This words of Jesus Christ that we have been looking at over these past weeks, they are essentially and tremendously important for us to know them and because they have significance in our faith as people of God. Jesus Christ could have kept quiet on the cross because when you look at the journey that led him to the cross, Many people would just kept, they just keep quiet till they pass on. He had bled, he had been insulted, many things have been thrown at him. But rather than feel sorry for himself or get angry, he actually showed more of his grace. And then left us with these important words that we will do well to fully understand them. So I will invite you to go back to the podcast and listen to those teachings that have come out over these past few weeks concerning the seven words of Jesus Christ on on the cross. Today, I'm going to be talking about the fifth word of Jesus Christ on the cross, which is titled word of distress. Jesus Christ was in distress. And I'll tell you why he was in distress. He had gone through very physically exhausting period. Okay? Jesus Christ was led to the cross like a criminal. So physically, he was exhausted. Mentally, he was exhausted going to the cross. And that is the typical thing that happened to people who are going to be crucified. That's why the soldier offered Jesus Christ wine before he went to the cross, but he refused. Just to make things numb for him, he refused it because he did not want to be numb to what he came to do. One thing I gained from there is that 
You know, Jesus said, I lay down my life by myself. Nobody took it from me. And that singular act of what he did demonstrated to me that he actually indeed laid down his life. He didn't want to be given anything that would sedate him. He actually went to the cross with his eyes wide open and determined to go through it. You know, he fought and won the battle in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's where he won the battle before he went to the cross. So, as our text says in John 19, 28, and I'll read 29, it says, Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the Aesop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lip. From that passage, we will see that Jesus actually demonstrated to us that he's a human being. Some people, they don't want to believe the humanity of Jesus Christ. But this is an example that demonstrated to us that actually Jesus was fully God and fully man. I can bore you this evening with the physiology of thirst. I know it very well. I can begin to talk to you about what goes on in the brain and all that. But the feeling that you have when, actually every feeling that we have in our life as a human being is modulated through certain things in our body. And we just feel the result of that. In case of being or feeling thirsty, what's going on is that there are changes in the chemical composition of the body fluid, which is we're made of 60% water and some salt. That is who we are. And some flesh to hold the salt and water. Basically, that's what I can simply put human being as. And so when the salt and the water are not in a balanced form, you can feel thirsty. Either because you have too much salt or you have too little water. And when you look at Jesus Christ, remember when he said it, he was already on the cross for about six hours. I said before that he got onto that cross. Before he got there, he was already exhausted. Things have been thrown at him. The first woven thorns of crown, I mean, crown of thorns onto him, they have abused him, he carried a heavy cross. So he was already exhausted. And remember, it's not in the kind of weather that we had today, which is cool. It was a very hot day and very hot weather. So he must have sweated a lot. Plus, he was hanging on the tree, on the cross. And to hang on the cross... 
is a heavy job because your body weight by force of gravity is being pulled down. I'm emphasizing this and I'm painting it as vivid as I can so that you can understand what Jesus went for, went through for you. With his body weight, it will be difficult for him to breathe properly. So he will have to expend more energy to be able to breathe so that he can sustain himself on the cross. He was bleeding from the nail-pierced hand. So all these are making him to lose water as well as salt. And no wonder after six hours, he was thirsty. And that's what, why he opened his mouth and says, I am thirsty. But he didn't just say that. There is a significance to the way John put this together. John says, later, that is after six hours, Jesus knowing that everything had been finished. You can imagine if Jesus began on the cross by saying, I'm thirsty. Many of the other beautiful words that he spoke, many of the other beautiful things that he did on the cross would have been lost. But at that point, Jesus fully understood and realized that everything had finished. He knew that his time in this world at that point was coming to an end. And he also is aware of the scripture. He's aware that the scriptures that were said concerning him must be fulfilled. And that's why he talked about, I am thirsty. Now, what's the scripture that was written about him? That scripture is found in the book of Psalms, Psalm 69. And it's verse 21. I think it's up there. Okay, I will read it if it's not. Oh, okay. So, they gave me poison for food, and for my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. That scripture had to be fulfilled. And that's why Jesus requested. Okay, the implication of this is that even in his distress, he realized what the word of God says. And he wants that word of God to be fulfilled. You know that Jesus has the habit of doing this, allowing the word of God to be fulfilled. When he was, uh, when John came, when he went to John the Baptist to be baptized by John, John rightly thought, you're greater than me. Therefore, you must not baptize me. But what did Jesus say? He says, allow it to be so that the scripture will be fulfilled. So, Jesus Christ, even in his distress, recognized the word that has been spoken about him and he wants that word to be fulfilled. So, he allowed them to give him what he had refused originally. 
But what they actually gave, gave him was worse than what they were going to give him at the beginning because it becomes sour, it becomes bad. But that was given unto Jesus Christ. The implication of that is that even in his distress, he still submitted himself to the will of God. He allowed the will of God to be done in his distress. I'm going to wrap everything up later about the implications of this for us as people who have chosen to follow Jesus Christ. When, whenever Jesus did anything, is a lesson for us to learn and things we can copy. Because when he asks us to do things, he will not ask us to do things that he knows we cannot do. That's why everything that is written about Jesus Christ, like John put it, is for our example. It's for us to learn from. So I want, to look, I want us to look at what we could learn, what we're able to learn from what Jesus Christ has done here. The first thing for you, I mean, is to realize that we're human beings who are frail. We should recognize our frailty. Oftentimes, we stoically go through situation and circumstance in life, and we forget that we're frail. We want to do things our way. We want to control things the way we think they should con be controlled. We want to live independent of God many times. And that's what many times what we try to do. But this evening, can I bring you back to realize or to reality that you are a human being and you are frail. But one thing about that is God actually recognize our frailty. The Bible says he knows that we are made of dust. That's who we are. He recognizes our frailty. He recognizes our weaknesses. He recognizes how we can get things wrong. And I want to invite you to know that even when distress, when you are in distress, it is because you are frail. It is because you don't have all the power. And I want you to learn the example of what Jesus did here. Jesus recognized, he knows what is going on in him, and in a way, he shouted out for what could be done as help. And the significance of him asking for or, or making people aware that he's thirsty is because of what he was going to do next. He was going to announce next, which I believe is what we're going to consider next week, that it is finished. He needs his tongue to be able to say that at this time when he was thirsty, the tongue is probably getting stuck to the roof of his mouth. And it will be difficult for him to be able to make that final statement, a statement that gave many of us his follower hope. 
He said, it is finished. And we're going to learn more about that. But for him to be able to say that, he needs a moist tongue, a moist mouth. And that's why he was able to request, or in a way, for somebody to put something in his mouth. So as human being, let us recognize our frailty and don't be afraid to ask for help. Often, we tend to want to go through situations in our life on our own. As believers, as a family, let's learn to ask for help and receive help. Let's learn to look, to let people know where you are, what your situation is, what you are going through. No matter how, how distressed you are, no matter how difficult your situation is, try to make people be aware of that because help is available. God will always help, but often that comes through others. And make yourself open to the help of God through the other people. The second implication is that Jesus, as I said, was aware of the scripture. He knows, the Bible says that he's fully aware of what the scripture says about his situation. And can I encourage you also to be constantly aware of what the Bible says about you? The Bible says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But you need to know it. The word of God, the Bible says, is true. That's why Jesus prayed and asked God to sanctify us by his words, because his words are true. It's important for us as followers of Jesus Christ to be aware of what the word of God says about you, to fully understand it, so that you can allow the word of God to come to pass in your life. It's no use for you to be a Christian and have no understanding of what God says about you. We will just be followers of Jesus Christ that are ignorant if we don't know the word of God. And the devil will take a lot of advantage of that over us in our lives. So be aware of what God says about you. And God says so many things about you. God gave so many promises about you. God has spoken over your life. This morning, we heard that God is praying over your life. We heard that God is speaking into your situation. His praying is speaking to your life. Be aware of it. The Holy Spirit is available unto you to enable you know and understand what God is saying about you. So connect with the Holy Spirit so that you can have a deep understanding of what God says about you. That is the time you can allow his spirit, his power to take hold over your life and run your life in the way God determines to do that. We must always be aware of God's word and be willing to allow it to be fulfilled in our life, even if it hurts us, even if it is not what you intend to have. 
Those are the examples that Jesus Christ laid out for us. Jesus said, I am thirsty physically. But that word also means Jesus was thirsty spiritually. Spiritually, he was thirsty for people of this world to have their sins forgiven and become children of God, to create and allow that link. Remember again that at this time, Jesus recognized that God had abandoned him at that period because of the sins of the world that he was carrying. And he yearns, he desired that people, we know the love of God, we enjoy the love of God. So he was thirsty for people to come into realizing this love that the Father had for him and for the world. For us also as Christians, we must be willing to allow the will of God to be fulfilled. And that's what Jesus demonstrated. He was determined to complete the task that was before him, which is the task of carrying the sin of the world and allowing us a free pass to the Father. How did he do that? As I said, he was able to get himself ready for the final word that he would say on the cross, which is, it is finished. Today, that word meant a lot to us as Christians. It is finished. The work of salvation has been complete. And when you read the scripture, as soon as Jesus said that, the Bible says that the veil of the temple or the curtain of the temple divided into two, and there were free entrance for me and for you into the presence of God. So, whatever situation we find ourselves, I think it is extremely important for us to be determined to allow the work of God to be complete over our lives. Jesus has given us example so that we can follow him. He carried the sin of the whole world out of his love. And he says to us, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. He went through everything he went through out of his love for you and love for me. And the challenge that he has thrown to you and to me is that we should, want, we should love one another. This evening, I also want to invite you. Perhaps you have not realized the significance of the work of salvation that Jesus did on the cross. And you probably have been living your life without knowing or understanding what Jesus did for you. You have the opportunity tonight, like we always make available in this church, to align yourself with the work of Jesus Christ and the work of salvation. The work of salvation is complete. 
you cannot add anything more to it, but you can embrace it. You can enjoy it. And it's like any gift that is given to man. You have to accept, you have to unwrap, and you have to utilize. So also the salvation that Jesus Christ brought for us. He completed that work, and even though it was distressing to him, he ensured that that work was complete for you. So, and I want to invite you to embrace that.